Hi, it is your main host, Alex, and our podcast has got a new name. We are now called This Is Why We Drink. Sometimes I have guests, and other times my co-co-host, Zoe and Grace, are around. This is a podcast where no topic is off the table, and some, okay, most things should have been left unsaid. Will you leave knowing more? Maybe. Will your sanity be intact? That's questionable. But... You will always leave with a lot of laughs. Plus, we play some pretty cool music from some pretty cool musicians. So like and subscribe to stay updated or even discover new music. You can find out more by following us on Instagram at Basis Magazine. So let's get to it and enjoy. On today's episode, we have the film career god fairy i was gonna say godmother but god fairy herself charlotte and so if you want to give yourself a little introduction kind of tell us what you do and you have a lot going on yeah so just jump right into that yeah absolutely um i mean i'm so happy to be here it always sounds really weird saying that in a zoom because it's like i'm not gone anywhere i'm here um but I am a, yeah, well, here it, it counts, right? Exactly. And so I am a film producer and the filmmaker's career coach. So not only do I work on making my own films, I also coach filmmakers hoping to create a full-time career, making their own films. So I'm really their kind of left brain, yeah. working behind the scenes on the strategy side of it, because most of the people I work with are kind of all ideas and no plan. And that's where they start yes. to get into the frustration mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we all know that one. We get so that completely. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we all get it. So that's why I tend to get called um, the filmmaker's film career fairy godmother, yeah. amongst other things. Um, but that is kind of it in a nutshell. Nice. Yeah, I saw your website and that was like the one thing that stuck out to me. I was like, oh, that's, I love that. <laughs> so ha- yeah, I was re- I got a testimonial where someone called me that and I was like, that's that's Take it. on the website. <laughs> Do they give credit for that at all? <laughs> and then... Um, so is, what, is there any projects that you've been working on lately? Can you say anything most importantly or yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There are two things that I'm I'm the most excited about and I can't say anything about them. Of course Um, not. (laughs) But one is, uh, I know it's, it's so unhelpful. One's a feature film and one is a high end TV series, which I'm so excited about. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Apparently I've also got a short film in post-production. I just had an email through from the director actually. We're having a catch-up this weekend. But that is about a young girl living with an alcoholic mother who gets lost on the pier at night and has to try and you know, I was really drawn to this whole idea of this little kind of eight-year-old having Mm -hmm. to play the role of grown-up and navigate her world and all of those things. So we shot that back in February where it was very cold and very windy and we had many risk assessments in terms Mm -hmm. of weather and working with a child and at night. Oh my gosh. Um, So that's my current uh, favorite, I guess. Oh, that's exciting. How has it been with like COVID now too? Because especially in the UK, they were so like, it was up and down with the film. If you can, if you can't, secretive, if you did. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I got off pretty lucky um, and pretty lightly when the pandemic started because I didn't have anything in production that suddenly had to be postponed or anything like that. You know, a lot of things were in development stages, so we got to just carry on as normal. And so we didn't put anything into production for almost a year. Yeah, the pandemic started around March. We shot um, Wonderland in February. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and it was... um, it was quite a kind of intense shoot because the project yeah. came to me 
fairly um, in a kind of short space of time before they were scheduled to start shooting. And it was something oh that had filmed last year and had to be postponed because of the pandemic. Oh. And obviously when you have a child actor, they grow up very quickly. So our beautiful lead now looks very different oh when they first shot the film. So it was, it was a quick turnaround. Mm -hmm. And it was very kind of, okay, these are the minimum people that we need here. How much hand sanitizer do we have? Let's print out all of the reminders to like not be in the same room as each other and all of that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. it was actually, it was really nice. And it meant that um, one person from my team went up to the shoot. I just stayed in exactly the same place as I am now. And it was, it's always a challenge producing mm -hmm. virtually, but it actually worked out okay. Yeah. That's good. It's done. It's in the process. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's all that counts. That's, that's all you need at this point. Just as long as it gets done, who cares what happens in between? Yeah, and no one got pregnant. No one got arrested. That's oh, that's always good. <laughs> that's like, that's the one thing I look for in a film set. No one gets arrested. Yeah, everyone's been fed. No one's been arrested. <laughs> I've done the job. That's bare minimum. That's all you need. And then for that film in particular, it sounds like it has obviously two strong female leads to it a mother and a daughter is that what you kind of aim for especially with your production company and when you do produce and work on stuff kind of that strong female storyline yeah I mean I never like to kind of box myself in in terms of characters or genre because I find it gets tired pretty quickly mm -hmm. and you get a script through and you're like oh I love it but it doesn't quite fit and mm -hmm. do I take it do I not so, you know, I always say I'm Twala, I'm a producer, I make films about the dreamers that dare to do things differently. Okay. So this script very much fits within that niche and everything mm -hmm. that we pick up or that we develop in-house always fits into the dreamers daring to do things differently kind of area. And it means that we get to play around with so many different character types, genres, stories, whatever we feel like that day. But yes, it's definitely two strong female characters, although mm -hmm. I kind of hate strong female character I feel like it's very overused at this yes. point and I'm kind of like well you know I tend to think all women are strong generally mm -hmm. but okay but yeah it's very um two distinctive female characters that that's you don't it, yeah. see on screen necessarily which is that's that's awesome yeah I, I can definitely see what you're saying because if if we keep on, if we want to see a change in the industry and we keep on boxing in like the, the female stories, the female leads, it's kind of like, that's what they're always going to be seen as instead of, Hey, this is just a film. So happens to be about female stuff. Yeah. I always find it really funny when, especially at things like festivals or, you know, in any kind of programming related event, there's, it's almost like female films become a subgenre. And I'm like, yeah, it's, this isn't how it works. it's right next to horror. And <laughs> Yeah, you've got, you know, you've got comedy, you've got drama, you've got women. <laughs> right there in the between, right there. <laughs> and then with that, do you, do you ever, especially being so hands-on into the industry, do you see a change that could ever be made into that? Or where's the line of where we should fight for, okay, we finally got our name into the industry, but now we want more. <laughs> do you ever see that there would be that more of being equal happening? Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because every time I talk to a female filmmaker, and I never really like to do the whole 
what's it like being a woman in the industry? Because I'm like, no man's ever been asked that question. Like, oh, why, yeah. why do we dedicate 15 minutes of the conversation, you know? Um, but every time I talk to a woman involved, there's always some kind of, like, subtle sexism that's going oh. on just to ruin her day. Oh, yeah. When, and it's usually, yeah, it's usually things like, especially on film courses and when they were a student, it's things like them starting the course knowing loads about, I don't know, editing or sheets oh, yeah. or something specific. And then by the end of that particular module, the men on her, you know, studying with her, start explaining it back to her. Yep. <laughs> and there are so many female filmmakers that have known tons about cameras and equipment oh. and all of the practical side of it that I'm not particularly excellent at and they are usually explaining it to the men on their course as well and by the end of it the men are trying to explain it to her and she's like dude I told I you just, that yeah. like, you can cite me <laughs> oh I completely <laughs> understand yeah. my when I was in film yeah. school I would create films and then obviously talk about the themes and like the way I directed and stuff and my favorite was explaining I'm like okay so I did this because obviously you have to explain everything in film school and I was like I did this shot for a certain reason and then the guys in the class be like no I think you did it for this reason and I'm like (laughs) you wouldn't want to you didn't want to work with me so I did it by myself for this reason and you're trying to tell me (laughs) and that that's actually I at first, I was, like, so angered by it. I was, like, how dare they think they can, like, tell me what my film's about? And I'm, like, wait, that's actually hilarious. <laughs> that they've just... I, I genuinely want to know where men get the confidence to do that from. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. watching, um, like, a fan edit of The Queen's Gambit the other day on YouTube. Ooh. And mostly because, yeah, I just love the entire series. But, you know, when you want to get, like, a little hit of it without watching the entire thing? Oh, yeah. And it's, I... like, two or three. Video. So I was watching one of those, and in the comments, there was a man who was genuinely given like a description of the series. He'd written like excellent edit of the Queen's Gambit, brilliantly portrayed by Anya Taylor Joy, now on Netflix. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if this we guy can... is bored promoting the series or whether he just thinks that no one else knows this. Right. I mean, it says it right on the like Netflix title. <laughs> Like, I want to know where you get the confidence to do that. Like, where do they get this from? Can I go and buy this? It would be I, useful. Is, there a- is it, like, in a nice little package? <laughs> yeah, Maybe it's... <laughs> I think it's not, It's probably not pink. So, obviously, we as women just can't see it. That's the issue. <laughs> they yeah, hit it behind... Kind of gendered version where it's pink and sparkly. Exactly. <laughs> and they probably gave it some, like, cologne name, like... Wood man, burly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's usually the word war in there somewhere. Oh yeah. Know, or like fighting battle or something. Oh yeah. It's very intense. And that's I guess that's why we can't see it. It's probably in Tesco somewhere, and we just ugh, passes our mind. <laughs> we just man. And then I recently saw on your socials that you made some posts about how to kind of gain that confidence in film and just talking to people, networking. Wait. It's it's hard, I gotta admit, because I know even just from the rejection that I face trying to find producers and companies and all this stuff networking, where, almost what would you kind of give advice and like explain more on that of how to get that confidence and not only yourself when you're feeling kind of dejected and it's not working out, but even to start, where to even start in that confidence that these men have? <laughs> 
Yeah, I have no idea where that monthly subscription big believer in in like practicing manifestation and like all that spiritual stuff so it's kind of and I just finished reading a book on it it's like you kind of have to you have to really be your own cheerleader when it comes to that especially with the rejection and then once you get just like one even if it's not what you wanted and just one little ounce that's kind of pushes you forward you just take it and you run with it 
because you're going to have to hold on to that. I There's been times where I, I'm working, I'm trying to start a documentary, and I reached out to some companies, and only one person responded. He's like, you know, I love the idea. I just can't take it on right now. But here's some XYZ, everything else, and how it could be beneficial to you. And even just, it was a rejection, but it was still something I, I held on to. And I was like, okay, we're going to take it. So it's out there. So I really yeah, like what yeah, you said with that. Yeah. Part of every pitch is that I think people tend to focus more on, you know, so-and-so didn't like it. And this person never replied to my email and all of the rejection side of it. And honestly, you, you know, speaking as someone who gets a lot of pitches on an almost daily basis, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, never as much to do with the idea as you think it is it's oh, very yeah. easy to think oh the idea isn't good enough or it's not ready yet or da, da, da. the idea is maybe 20 percent of what i'm considering interesting yeah and a lot more of it is to do with not just whether it's a great idea in itself it's more to do with do i actually care about this idea mm. am i invested in this and so it might seem really harsh to get rejections from so many different people, but honestly, it's sometimes better having someone reject your idea if they're not completely passionate about oh, it, yeah. because that's going to fade away pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm also having to look at the person, you know, what, not just, you know, how many credits do they have or anything yeah. like that, but things like how professional are they? You know, are, are they going to be a good person to work with or oh, are they going to yeah. be a huge headache that's just going to frustrate everybody at the company, you know? So, you know, when we think about rejection, it's never just about the merit of the idea mm-hmm. or the strength of the idea. It's about how passionate that person is, mm-hmm. which is why I love doing that kind of, like, you remember those exercises at primary school where you have to match up, you know, A to B and you do Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? You always do that for I Spanish and stuff. The poor podcast listeners have no idea what we're talking about. You have to kind of marry up, you know, two yeah. worth of things. And it means that when you start creating those own opportunities for yourself, you can take the ideas on one side and the producers that you know on the other and start mm-hmm. matching up the idea to the producer mm-hmm. so that you are starting to get fewer rejections because you're not just trying anyone who has producer in their bio. You're talking to people that you already know what they're mm-hmm. interested in. So it's a, it's a good way to make more things happen, make mm-hmm. better impressions with people, but also get fewer rejections. And isn't that always the It's always the, the goal. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. So it's kind of, I think people almost forget that when they are sending these out to people, they actually, they, they are people. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if the idea is shit or good. It's kind of, if they, if that person you're sending it to believes in it, likes it, or even has the time. I know I can imagine with how many, like you said, how many pitches you get, just finding the time being like, okay, is can I make it work? I like it, but is it plausible to do with what I can? Yeah, and I think that's exactly. forgotten about. We, we always have a kind of um, almost like bet going at the company when we review pitches that come in, especially for narrative projects. Mm-hmm. When we get the script, and we can always tell whether the person's done a beat sheet or not <laughs> and I'm honestly at one stage in my life I'm genuinely just going to have to tattoo onto my forehead like write the beat sheet first <laughs> because what happens when you don't have a beat sheet is that your script isn't properly structured ah, so yeah. not only does it flow as well as it should and it doesn't mm-hmm. have the impact that it should it means that when we start giving feedback and the writer tries to go in and edit make notes whatever 
the whole thing falls apart because there's nothing, there's no kind of there's, framework holding mm-hmm. it up. Which is why when we asked for the beat sheet, I'm like, okay, who wants to bet that the beat sheet is going to look wildly different from the script? And that they're going to say, yeah, yeah, it's t- I'll, I'll totally get it to you. It just needs a little bit of fine tuning because they haven't written it and they're going to write mm-hmm. it next week. And so we get the beat sheet and it looks totally different. And it's just, you know, that's like, another thing that we tend to consider mm-hmm. when we're reviewing a pitch. And it's nothing to do with the idea. It's about how well the project and the script is structured so that we can actually go in and develop it to its full potential without having to start from scratch, you know? So mm-hmm. it's all of these little additional things that I think people tend to forget at times because especially when you've got that tunnel vision because you love this project and the ideas, just, uh, yeah, it's all of the little things it's... I think that count. Oh, for sure. And you definitely, when you are working on a project, you want to make sure the person knows what they're doing too because I'm part of so many like different Facebook groups for filmmakers and this and this and this and then you have people that are just they have everything checked on the list and then you have a person that's like I like writing I I I read a lot and I write and you're like okay and they're like um can I write a script for you and I'm like do you know how do you know how's the first and people I think people don't realize how it it, it it's not it, it is easy but it's also not you kind of have to. You have to know what you're doing, especially if you're sending it off to others, because you guys should turn that into a drinking game. I mean, I'm not. I'm not endorsing it, but turn it into a drinking game. We actually have. Facebook oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably not the healthiest thing to do, but it's something that we do all the time. But I have my own little like bad director bingo game that I play, Ooh. and it's never meant in any kind of malicious sense. But it's more to do with kind of weeding out the less than professional people to work with. Mm. And I had a couple of producers that were doing an apprenticeship in my company a few months ago. And one of them was starting to talk to directors about her projects and getting pictures in and all of this stuff. And she said, yeah, so I've got a a conversation happening with the director. And I was like, cool, tell me a bit more about it. And as soon as she started telling me, I was like, oh, this is going to go really bad. Oh, no. know Mm -hmm. and it was one of those directors who just wants to make a feature but doesn't necessarily know how it works Mm -hmm. doesn't know the industry side of it they just know the creative side of get a camera get a cast (laughs) let's go so it meant that as she was telling me this I was like okay I need to introduce you to bad director bingo because it sounds like you're getting a lot of these people and I need you to kind of funnel them out Mm -hmm. so that you don't end up working with them it's not going to go very well and so a week later, we were having our usual catch-up, and I said, by the way, how did it go? And she was like, I hit bingo. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I, you know, at least it's good that it's getting sorted out and taken care of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and this is the thing, you know, it's never really meant in a malicious sense. It's more in a kind of protecting yourself as a oh, yeah. professional sense. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know... Things on Bad Director Bingo are usually things like it's going to change the face of cinema. Mm. Um, it's things like it's my vision goes in there. Um, things like this is going to define the generation. Mm-hmm. Lots of things like that. There's also casting things that happen. The there's next always, Tarantino. There's always one sentence. One sentence about how um, Lily James is basically attached because they know someone who knows Lily, so Wait. they can get the script in front of her. Attached. You, you think I'm making this up at this point? I swear, I've heard this at least five times from five I, different directors. I love her. I am. I am a huge Mamma Mia two fan. I 
if I could just drop my life and go and do what they did in that film, I would. But she, I feel like she's so random of an actress to be like, I know her. <laughs> I know of no yeah, her. She, she, yeah, she is the current favorite. I don't know whether it's huh. UK-centric or US-centric as well, but she's she's been the favorite for a little while where everyone she's... just knows someone who knows her. Um, so yeah. for anyone listening, if, if they say they know Lily James, they don't. <laughs> Yeah, so they didn't get scripted by her, so she's basically attached. Oh my god. She only word for word what I've had directors tell me. That is insane. Like, I thought it was bad in film school where almost every guy was like, yeah, I'm going to be the next Tarantino, the next Spielberg. I'm like, there are other directors out there you do know. Like, there are are others. It's it's a fun industry, isn't it? It is, yeah. You You love to hate it and hate to love it. Time, it's nothing really to do with that person. So it's oh. more to do with the fact that the only person supporting their career and their dreams is them. So ego oh. is all they have at this point. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, their mom. <laughs> <laughs> you might have their mom, oh well, you know. But fundamentally, it's just them telling mm-hmm. themselves that this is going to work out for them. And when you start to look at it from that perspective, it's easier to not it's get as frustrated, mm-hmm. which I found... Yeah, I found it really frustrating when I first started dealing with people like that. And now I'm like, oh, okay. I get, I get it. it. As long as you have an understanding of it. <laughs> so you say that you have your team. How many people on your are on the team with you? We've just yeah. lost our two, oh, my two oh, yeah. um, assistant producer apprentices, oh. so I'm so sad about it. Um, but it's me, it is Catherine, who is our head of development. We're oh. also doing interviews next week for our new development assistant. So there we go, everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, send us an email if you feel like it. Um, but yeah, we usually have a marketing manager as well as a branding assistant, and mm-hmm. less than both of them are just swamped. It was within like oh. two weeks of each other. They were both like, this is nuts. And I was yeah. Like, it's chill. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> The the so pubs are open up now. Go get a drink. Come back. It's fine. Yeah. Normally we have a team of about five people. Oh wow! Currently everyone is yeah. just having a crazy moment. So it's smaller at the moment, but it's still. I don't know. Somehow everything still seems to flow quite nicely. Even that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah changing numbers and COVID and things. No, that's really incredible. And when? How long ago did you start all of this up? Um, our daughter productions was set up late 2018. Oh wow! So that's been going for that. Congrats. Yeah, Catherine's been with me since early, early days. Oh. Um, and she switched over from marketing, and a lot of the people that we mm-hmm. work with at the company are just moving into film or are stepping up to bigger roles. And then, honestly, it's one of my favorite things to get to work with people who are kind of new to that role or new to mm-hmm. the industry because I think that. It's, it's honestly so nice just being able to work with a group of people, mm-hmm. which sounds a bit strange, but I no, think I, getting yeah. started in the industry, it can be so kind of quiet and lonely and isolating. It, so I always feel like it's really nice to be able to work with people that are so enthusiastic and passionate cool. about everything. So yeah, late 2018. Wow, that is, that's incredible. And then how many projects, if you can, like, if you remember, because I can imagine there's a lot... Um, that you've got under your belt. Well, actually, um, we've actually been prioritizing developing bigger projects. So Ooh. when I first set it up, I thought, yeah, this is going to be a kind of consistent, you know, loads of short films going out, all of that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And actually, 
became a totally different thing kind of behind the scenes where we were focusing on things like huge period dramas you know feature films that are taking that you know are going to take a good few years to develop Mm -hmm. especially when you think about something like the queen's gambit that spent 30 years in development when you kind of allocate five years to develop a feature Mm -hmm. you're kind of like yeah this this is fine (laughs) we can do this so it means that We've had, you know, shorts that we've been developing, mm-hmm. all the things always fall through in development. There are things that um, we've been working on that we're in production and there are usually creative differences. So it has been a very kind of up and down kind of road. And especially at the start of last year, I was like, cool, development is going oh, well, we can get stuff into production. Mm-hmm. The universe disagreed with me. Which yep. <laughs> that the Last year around this time is when I started everything. And then I was doing interviews, meeting people, traveling. And then one day I woke up and it stopped. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so funny just the way that things can suddenly it switch. Did. Especially in film, but especially with a pandemic as well. Yeah, but it sounds like you have kept busy and that's incredible. And props to you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I was genuinely surprised by how much my coaching business grew at the start of the pandemic because so many people, I was thinking, I was sort of expecting everyone to just sit yeah. and wait for the pandemic to be a and be like, I can't take on it. It's only going to be a couple um, weeks, right? Yeah, it was, I know, I was thinking about the, the other day when we all thought it was going to last like three weeks and be yep. <laughs> Oh, I was, I was looking at like my Instagram, um, like the time, like when it goes back, like what you post on that day. And I remember I saw one that was like, LOL, I don't have to work for a couple of days. And I was like, wow, what I would do to go back to work. I was wrong, and that's why. Like, wow, and it was kind of embarrassing. I was like, oh my gosh, someone should have told her. It's so embarrassing. She should have posted that. Yeah, it was definitely a, a strange old time for filmmakers. But so many people were... Um, you know, who had gotten into the industry wanting to write or direct or act mm-hmm. or whatever it was, and they'd ended up working in kind of below the line roles mm-hmm. just to be involved in the industry and pay yes. their rent and all of these things. And all of these people were suddenly realizing that the ideas that they'd had were still sitting in their notebooks. Mm-hmm. And now was kind of the perfect time to get on with it. And one of my clients, Jeanette, said that she was angry at the industry. And I loved what she said because she'd spent years working as a production assistant and many other below the line roles you know she'd given time and creativity and passion to everyone else's projects and when, when something like this happens she's just sitting there you know on her own and I, she has no kind of backup or support or anything like that wow and she was like hey this this is my time this is mm-hmm. my time to start writing and to take my career oh, as a writer nice. seriously and I was so excited for her because she did my group program back in spring and she finished her first feature film draft. Oh she gosh. produced a short animatic. She got it on children's TV. She was killing it. And oh my gosh. It, Go so her. Yeah, to start seeing progress after spending however many years working on other people's projects and mm-hmm. supporting other people's visions. It was, it was her time to start working on things. Oh, that's such a success story. I love hearing that. Congrats to her. Yeah, it's so nice hearing that other people are able to do things, Mm -hmm. you know, in this kind of crazy time. It could definitely go either either or, either way. (laughs) That people have sulked in it or just completely took control and just 
done incredible things. I know people in my life that have started businesses that had businesses and they've just launched during this. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's great. That's incredible. Cause it's such a weird time. Yeah. And you never know what one day is going to be like. Oh yeah. I have no idea what tomorrow is currently going to look like. It's, it's all a bit crazy. (laughs) And that's, that's what you love to hate about the industry too. Yeah. I, as long as, as long as I know what I'm doing and I feel like I'm in control of my own things as much as possible, mm-hmm. I don't really mind what the rest of the world is up to. In the same kind of ways, as long as I'm making my own opportunities, mm-hmm. I'm doing my job and everything is fine. <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. And we are coming up to our time now, actually. It was so great talking to you. I I would love to just grab a drink with you at this point. Continue the conversation. But Let's do yeah. it when the pandemic is finally up. There we go. Yeah. Things because I actually tried getting a uh, reservation, I think, last week, and I went through at least six or seven different places just because everything's booked. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much for coming on and joining and speaking with me today. It has been lovely, and I wish you best of luck with everything. Uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, as I said, it's really nice to be in my own office. But sure. thank you, Yes. <laughs> Say I will. Oh, good. Yeah, I will email you. We'll we will stay connected. We'll have another episode, a longer one. <laughs>